Hey everybody, it's Allie, and welcome to our YNR chat for Sunday, July 22nd, 2012. The community is divided. I think about half of the fans are rooting for Phyllis. They are in the leave Phyllis alone kind of phase, and half of the fans are gunning for her, saying, put her behind bars, lock her up, we're tired of her games. I am somewhere in the middle. <laughs> I am torn because I was watching the show back when Phyllis ran over Christine, and I know that she did it. I believe that she did it with malice. And at the same time, I also don't want to see her go to jail. I don't, I'm not interested in a long court case. It's probably selfish. It's mostly selfish on my part that I don't want to see her to go to jail. It's, it's mostly just that I don't, I don't want to watch it. I don't want to see long drawn out court scenes. I don't want to see conversations between uh, Phyllis and her family between bars. I just don't care to see it again. It hasn't even been that long since Phyllis was in jail the last time. It doesn't feel like intriguing, innovative TV to me. And so I think that's probably more along the <laughs> lines of why I don't want to see her pay. But it's almost astonishing to me how divided the fans really are. And no matter where you fall on the fence, I just don't see how you can deny that Michelle Stafford has been astonishing this week. She is giving it to me every single scene with her full heart, with her full body, full soul. Phyllis is desperate. I think on some level... She is trying to reconcile her former self with her current self while everyone else in her family and her friends and Nick are also trying to do the same thing, trying to reconcile the Phyllis that they know and love, the person that they know today, with the person who did this crime. There's no getting around it. She did it, and she did it with malice. So it's really created a muddled, a muddy-watered situation, and I think Michelle Stafford is playing it beautifully. The week started out with desperate, desperate Phyllis. So strange. It almost seems as if Sharon and Phyllis have kind of swapped places. I don't know. It seems... Actually, no. It, it, Phyllis has always been the kind of person who was desperately clinging on to her man. It just seems like Phyllis is, you know, kind of this in this uh, place where she's desperate and Sharon is more like uh, a little bit more of the wicked widow, black widow spider. <laughs> but Phyllis is yet again trying to hold on to Nick. It's a story that we've all seen before, only this time she's trying to... I mean, I guess her only enemy is herself and her past. So the week started out with Nick confronting Phyllis about 
whether or not she did this crime. He had given her an opportunity last week to tell him the truth. She chose not to. She lied to him straight to his face. He ended up putting the pieces together on his own and confronted her about it, said straight up, did you do this? And she really couldn't even look him in the eye. It was, it was, or uh, the the look that she did give him said, I don't want to lie to you again, but I also don't want to tell you the truth. And he knew right away. And they had this very ugly confrontation, very heartbreaking for any Phyllis and Nick fans out there. And I certainly didn't enjoy it. Nick has a right to his feelings. He naturally flipped out, got really upset with Phyllis, didn't want to have anything to do with her. He gave a lot of low blows. But, you know, I want to defend Nick a little bit. I think there was a lot of Nick hate this week. And I think that he has a right to his being upset. If you found out that your spouse tried to kill somebody, you'd be upset too. And it would make you reevaluate how you see that person. And that's the process that Nick was going through. I do think he had a couple of low blows in there, though. He actually said to Phyllis, I I feel like I should have been afraid for Sharon knowing how much you hated her. Like, this is a pattern for Phyllis. If she ran over Danny's ex, would the person that, you know, he had been in love with, would Phyllis run over Sharon? <laughs> well, she Phyllis wanted to run over Sharon. If Phyllis wanted to hurt Sharon in any way, she would have done it. She could have done it. She would have had plenty of reasons <laughs> to want to do it. But she didn't. And I just thought... You're afraid for Sharon, Nick? I mean, I'm sorry. It took me a moment. I was like, I'm sorry. Can you just repeat that? You're afraid for Sharon? It's ridiculous. But, you know, again, I think he was just going through his process. Now, where I can't defend Nick is the part where he walked out the door. He left her. And... I was so disappointed in him because they're only recently married. It's only been, what, three weeks tops since they said their wedding vows for better or for worse? Does that mean anything to you, those words, Nick? You don't just walk out on her when she needs you the most. I, again, feel strongly that Nick has a right to be upset, but he could have should have stood by her the entire time. Phyllis is begging him not to leave. It was so pathetic. He, She knows right away that this look in Nick's eyes isn't good. This is the culmination of her worst fears. This is exactly why she didn't tell him in the first place. She knew he was going to have this reaction. And he's looking like he wants to leave, and she's begging him. She might as well have been down on her knees saying to him, what can I do? What can I do to to get you to stay? And there's nothing. Nick literally just turned around and walked away. In the midst of this crying and begging, just turned around, turned his back on her. That's where I have a problem. How 
can he do that? I mean, marriage is about sticking together. This is something that Phyllis did two decades ago. And I agree, he has a right to his feelings, but <sighs> you need to stand by your woman, <laughs> Nick. And I was very disappointed that he went upstairs, packed his bags, and left her at the time when she needed him the most. It was devastating. <laughs> he goes back to the ranch. He still has the tack house. And he just is going to try to have his moment away. You know, one night away is one thing. He packed a lot of clothes. He gave us the impression that he was never coming back. That this was kind of a final straw. He wasn't going to have anything left to do with her. Which, in retrospect, I think was just a knee-jerk reaction, but he's sitting down there at the tack house, and who strolls on in? Sharon. Sharon is so, so unhappy with her life right now, and she saw the lights on in the tack house. She goes in. She sees Nick's there alone. I don't think she's really caught wind of what's going on with Phyllis, but all Sharon needs to know is that Nick is, has clearly left Phyllis, temporary or not, and Sharon really seized the opportunity to be there for him. It didn't take her very long at all before she had her hand on his hand and she wanted to tell her that she supports him. I'm sure that there is a lot of Sharon hate this week all around. <laughs> Uh, and, I, I mean, really, I think there's a lot of Phyllis hate, too, all around. <laughs> it's, they're, see, they seem to be the two leading, you know, major leading women, and they're kind of in their group, uh, and they've got a lot of nasty stuff going on. They've Both Sharon and Phyllis have been in the forefront of storylines for years and years and years and years and years. And you don't have to look very far to find reasons to dislike either of these characters. I don't think, though, that you have to like one or the other. It's been Sharon versus Phyllis for a lot of years, too. I personally like them both. I think there are reasons to like both Phyllis and Sharon. They're just, you know, they're just people. They've made their mistakes, and they have their good qualities, too. So I personally like them both. <laughs> but I just don't know about... Sharon and Nick. I know that that's a little ray of hope, I'm sure, for any Sharon and Nick fans out there. I just don't see how it's going to develop into anything. The problem is, for me, once Sharon hooked up with Victor, if indeed she has hooked up with Victor. I still think that there's a little bit of question as to whether or not they actually are sleeping together. I think it's been left open a little bit. But once she started getting involved with Victor, whether she's sleeping with him or not, they're letting people believe that they're together. I think that was the end for me and my any hope I might have had for Sharon and Nick. I always liked them in the past. They had a fairy tale meeting. They were a very popular couple back in the 90s and early 90s. And I just unfortunately think that sleeping with his father 
has really ruined any chance for a reunion there. But it's, you know, at the same time, very humiliating for Nick to have to admit that things have gone south with Phyllis. It's Phyllis getting herself into trouble once again and it causing problems in their relationship. And Nick didn't want to admit it to Sharon, and he certainly didn't want to admit it to Victor either, but Victor has come in there and tried to give his little piece of advice. In fact, Victor suggested, when he learned that Nick and Phyllis were having trouble, Victor suggested that Nick go off to the Caribbean and just get a quickie divorce, like a a divorce in a day. Well, first of all, way to be supportive, Victor, and second of all, how does that work exactly? (laughs) Does anybody know? Is there some kind of law in the Caribbean where you can go there, get a divorce, and it negates state law? I don't get it. (laughs) But I want to keep that option in my Rolodex. (laughs) Just in case I ever have a mistake wedding, then I can just fly off to the Caribbean and get it all taken care of and everything will be fine. (laughs) Oh, man. It's very difficult for Phyllis right now because Nick, you know, at this point in the story, had abandoned her. Daniel has major doubt. Uh, You know, I mean, he's the only one in the family that really knows that she's done this. Phyllis is trying desperately to get to Summer to explain the entire situation, although I don't know why Phyllis didn't just call her on the phone. She had to go to great lengths to track her down. The only person who's really been there for Phyllis the entire way has been Avery, which I think is really nice. I'm very pleased with how much Avery has been supporting her sister. And I I like Avery even more than I did before. I think that she just understands truly what it means to love someone selflessly. And I think that Avery is wants to be very supportive of her family. And I'm, I'm glad that she's able to put their past aside and help Phyllis because Phyllis was really awful to Avery when she first came into town. Phyllis was was really hoping that she could just put Avery on a boat and let her sail off into the sea and never see her again. Well, now Avery is helping you defend your life, Phyllis. How you like her now? Hopefully a whole lot more. (laughs) But I am enjoying the dynamic between the two sisters. Phyllis needs someone who's going to be a constant, and no one else in the family has really been that for her. It was a very rough scene to watch Phyllis being arrested for the crime of um, the attempted murder. Although if you're not a Phyllis fan, I'm sure that that was awesome for you. I'm sure you fully enjoyed it. I thought it was an interesting element that Ronan had to be the one arresting her. And I think it's an interesting uh, facet of the storyline that Ronan is pulled in two directions. He has this past relationship with Phyllis and he wants to help her. At the same time, he's an FBI agent. Chris is on the end, other end telling him, you need to arrest her and I want it done by the book and put her in the cuffs and I want the full treatment and I don't want her to have any special treatment. And so he wants to do his job, but he has still residual feelings for 
Phyllis, whether they're romantic, I don't know. But clearly he did feel for her. He wants to help her. He even went to her condo to give her a heads up that the warrant, well, he, he didn't say uh, explicitly that the warrant was getting ready to be issued, but he did give her a heads up that she needed to prepare for the worst, that the warrant was coming, but that didn't help him. He had to be the arresting person. He had to arrest her at the coffee house in front of everyone, not only her family, but I think it would be so embarrassing to be arrested in front of the baristas and all of the patrons there. Oh, that would just be just so embarrassing. I can't help but feel really, really bad for Phyllis in that moment. But it's, it's, Interesting, I think, that Ronan is there to give Phyllis the benefit of the doubt, and I wonder if it's ultimately going to be Ronan influencing Chris that might help get Phyllis out of this. I don't know. What do you guys think? Because Ronan really doesn't want to be in this position. But yeah, at the same time, I'm inclined to think, why is Ronan working so hard for Phyllis and not so much for Paul? He's willing to give that benefit of the doubt to Phyllis and argue her case avidly to everyone against Chris, against, you know, argue this case to Chris, to Michael. But he doesn't seem to be going that far out of his way for Paul, who he worked with, who he knows is not a bad guy. Oh, yeah, wait, I know. It's because he didn't have sex with Paul. That's what it is. <laughs> At least uh, that we know of. <laughs> He didn't have sex with Paul all over town on desks on, oh my goodness, they, uh, in hotel rooms. They had sex, sex, sex all over the place. And I don't think that happened with Paul. <laughs> Unless something was going on behind the scenes that we didn't know about. I think that makes Ronan just a little bit biased. <laughs> And Ronan has had to have a lot of really difficult decisions this week. He had to arrest Paul at the gravesite, at his son's gravesite. Paul had just barely finished his speech to Ricky saying goodbye to Ricky and Ronan's there having to arrest him, which was so, so difficult to watch. Paul is really down and out arresting him. At his son's funeral, to me, seems cruel and unusual, but I guess it had to be done. I don't know. Very sad. I think on some level, Paul thinks that he deserves this. Well, in fact, I mean, he, he pretty much has said that. He believes that he, he, he committed this crime. He had to kill his son, and he's willing to take any kind of punishment that is given to him. He doesn't even seem to want to fight. He barely has any fight left in him. And I, the one good thing, the one kind of redeeming thing for Ronan is that he and Michael did decide this week that they are going to try to prove Paul's innocence. They're going to, you know, they're, they're supposed to go after him with everything that they've got, but they really both respect Paul and want to try to find something to help get him out of this. Hopefully it's going to be Eden recovering her memory somehow, um, but we'll have to see about that. Um, I think that 
Chris is... <laughs> There's also a lot of opinions on Chris, too. I, th- I think, for one, she is not... She's more interested in pursuing her case against Phyllis than she is defending Paul. And I think ultimately Chris is going to cave in. There's a lot of Chris hatred, too. Everybody's all angry this week, it seems. (laughs) Chris, uh, it's so difficult because Chris is being a hard ass. She really is. She's out for blood. She wants this revenge. She, She is relentless. When the, you know, when it comes to Phyllis, she has been wronged and she wants justice. On the other hand, I'm sorry, you guys. Phil, Chris, I, I don't blame her. I don't blame her at all. I said it last week. If somebody ran you down, you'd want them to get in trouble. Like, how is it that Phyllis runs over Chris and everybody's mad at Chris? <laughs> Phyllis is the one that did it. <laughs> it's uh, Chris didn't do that to herself. It, it, Chris is wrong for wanting to pursue it. I think Chris is being biased. Obviously, both Ronan and Michael have accused her of being biased in this capacity. She can't see things as an FBI agent or as a lawyer. She really can only see things from her perspective, which is a victim. I just strongly believe that in the end, Chris is going to be the one to cave because I don't think that there's going to be any other possible way that she's going to get out of this. I think Chris, at this point, is trying very hard to gather witnesses, to get information, to have the most solid case against Phyllis possible. She has a hint that everyone in the family believes also that Phyllis has done this, and that makes her want to pursue the truth even more. I think it's it's really only going to be a matter of time until Chris is able to locate Tim Reed. Phyllis paid him off to leave town, but... He's out there somewhere. Chris is going to find him. He's the one person not in Phyllis's family who Phyllis confided in. Phyllis told him the entire story about the hit and run. So he's someone who can very easily con- corroborate the, the crime or he can testify to the fact that Phyllis confessed to this crime. And furthermore, Dr. Reed has no reason to want to protect Phyllis. She may have paid him off, but I think Ricky's poking and prodding uh, around the past made him remember how much he hates Phyllis. I think that Tim Reed has a major, major reason to want to see her go down, and he might be ultimately the, the, the final nail in Phyllis's coffin. But I just have to contend. I think that... Ultimately, Chris is going to decide not to press charges. She's going to drop the case. I think that, um, or she's going to, you know, initially she said, I won't accept any kind of plea bargain that doesn't mean jail time, that doesn't include jail time. I just think that maybe it will be Chris's relationship with Ronan. Maybe it will be Chris's relationship with Nick, but I maybe it will be Chris's relationship with Michael, but I think with all of these people telling her to calm down, back it off, Phyllis has changed, I think that she will change her mind. Maybe, maybe it will be Christine 
seeing that Phyllis has a family and not wanting to destroy that family. It was so interesting this week, too, when Chris was trying to uh, uh, comfort Paul and say, you know, with the fact that he had killed his son, Chris said, I understand how you feel. And Paul said to her, you can't possibly understand how I feel. You don't have any children. And that's something to remember about Chris. She is very career focused. She is into herself. She's never, she's never really had a family. She's never gone on and had her own family. And so that gives her a unique perspective. I wonder if Chris on some level wishes that she had taken a different route with her life. And maybe that's why Chris is having such a hard time reconciling this hit and run, because things would have been different. The fact that Phyllis ran over Chris and Paul stopped their wedding day. And Phyllis, back in the day, tortured Christine relentlessly. I, I mean, Phyllis took away Danny from Christine, and she caused problems between Christine's relationship with Paul. So if it weren't for Phyllis, Christine's life would have turned out differently. It would have possibly included children. Maybe she wouldn't be this lonely federal agent just working on cases. She probably lives in a hotel room most of her life. She probably eats takeout most of her life. I think that there's an element of Chris that is very unhappy, and so I wonder if ultimately it will be that connection, seeing that Phyllis has this family uh, that will make Chris back off. That's my, um, that's my prediction for this. And of course, Phyllis would not have this family if it weren't for Nick. And toward the very end of the week, Nick finally decided to what I think come to his senses. If you're not a Phyllis and Nick fan, <laughs> then that's not how you see things. But I think Nick decided, he decided to change his mind. He saw how everyone started abandoning Phyllis. Daniel, Summer, everybody seemed to be against Phyllis. And that was everyone's initial reaction. But, but ultimately, Nick realized that loving someone means standing by them. And he wanted to be an example for the rest of the family. And he wanted to stick by Phyllis. And he decided that he is going to stay with her. Uh, hopefully come rain or come shine. Because whether, you know, we, we all know ultimately Phyllis ain't going to jail. She's going to get out of this. And it's just going to be a matter of time until she gets into her next bit of trouble. That's who she is. See, now, I think the more interesting part of the Phyllis debacle would, is, is the restless style angle, is the media angle. To me, I just don't care about watching courtroom scenes. I just don't care about watching jail scenes. It's been done so many times before. But here, we have this opportunity with restless style and the Restless Style TV show to really do something different, to make Phyllis pay in a way, way more fitting way. What could be more fitting 
than splashing her name all over the pages of Restless Style. Splashing her name all over TV screens and internet screens everywhere. That's what she's been doing for the last couple of years. She's been a journalist telling everybody else's dirt, talking about everybody else's dirty laundry, and now it's way more fitting to have everyone talking about her and her dirty laundry. So I'm really excited uh, to see what's going to happen as far as Billy and Restless Style because Billy has been working on this TV show, this Restless Style TV show, for months. He was been he was out in LA for months away from well I don't know maybe it was weeks in YNR time but months in our time he was out in LA trying to secure this deal he was away from his family away from his newborn child and he's just trying to secure this deal and now with one foul swoop Phyllis just screws screws it all up the t- the TV network is not going to want to have a TV show based around someone who has a major criminal trial happen now an attempted murder case right now so it was really really funny I thought to get to watch Billy having to tell the TV lady yeah here's the thing my editor-in-chief you know the uh, main employee that I have yeah um she's been arrested (laughs) for you know killing a killing a couple people almost killing a couple people (laughs) (laughs) whoops I just thought that was such a fun little twist to this otherwise sad and drag of a storyline but Billy is not going to let it hold him down The, the TV show lady initially says well, we've talked about it, and unfortunately, we're going to have to put the show on hold. We just can't can't do this. And Billy has, uh, like, a five minutes of a moral question as to whether what he's going to do. And then just a few moments later, he decides to flip it all around and tell the TV executive that he is going to decide to turn it around on Phyllis and put her picture and her story on the cover of Restless Style. Ooh, yay! So cool. Everyone else in Genoa City has been on the cover of this magazine, and Phyllis is probably the most scandalous character, person, and she's never been on it. So not only is he going to tell her story with all of the juicy little details, but it's also going to become the series pilot. So this is so cool. It's all going to blow up in Phyllis's face in the right way, in an entertaining way. I'm so looking forward to seeing what the cover of Restless Style is going to be, what the article is going to be. I'm looking forward to seeing everybody in Genoa City reading all about Phyllis's dirty little details, and it's just going to be so good. I This is the home run. This is where the story is really at. I think it's going to be awesome! Heather and Daniel are getting close, and I really want to know what you guys are thinking about this potential pairing. Now, first of all, I am happy (laughs) about this. The main reason being, I really thought 
that Heather and Ronan were going to be the couple. I thought that Ronan was coming back. Heather came back at the same time. I really thought that that's where YNR was headed for this. They're both kind of in the law area of the show, the law enforcement side of the show. And so I really thought that they were going to be put together. And you know, I'm very protective of Ronan. I really like Ronan. He is very sexy and I need to see him with the right woman. So... I'm very happy, actually, to see that they don't seem to be headed in that direction because um, I ultimately, of course, as you know, would I would rather see Ronan with Chloe. I feel um, I feel that they had the most passion of anyone that I've seen him with. Now, Ronan and Phyllis had awesome sex. I love the sex scenes between Phyllis and Ronan, but. We're looking for something a little more from Ronan this time around. We want to see a little more depth. And I think that Chloe was the only woman that he's been with that really pulled that out of him. She's the only one that made him more than the sex wolf. <laughs> she made him a human being with problems and and uh, and uh, issues to work toward. And she didn't pull any punches with him. Chloe was always very honest with him, told him what she thought, and I thought that was a very good chemistry. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed that since Heathers seems to be headed in a Daniel direction, that we're freeing Ronan up for something a little more juicy. But back to Heather and Daniel. Now, I'm not closing my mind to it, but I will tell you my initial reaction is that I, I see and have always seen Daniel with someone a little more funky. I just think that Daniel and Eden have always made sense to me, yet it's never really been pursued. They had sex, and, and Daniel kind of, I mean, no, not even kind of, Daniel played Eden. He, I think, saw Eden as his sex buddy, but it was never really pursued. Daniel and Eden were never really pursued in a romantic, let's make a mental connection kind of way, which is disappointing because Daniel just has this funky, edgy vibe to him, artistic, um, uh, kind of, you know, just edge of the culture kind of vibe. And Eden has that. She has the potential to have that anyway. They don't seem to ever do anything with Eden. But I really think that they would have been a good match. Heather is good. I don't dislike new Heather in any way. In fact, I am inclined to like her. She is a little stiff so far. I think that maybe I could be for it. Um, but we're going to have to pull that hair out of that clip. We're going to have to pull that hair down. We're going to have to let the hair hang loose. We're going to need to see her in something other than a button-up um, <laughs> and a pencil skirt. Or no, an A skirt, whatever. Um, we're going to need her. We're going to need to see her out of business attire. We're going to need to get her in some cash clothes. We're going to need to get her a good, cool hairstyle. Um, we're going to need to see her hanging out at Jimmy's or at... Um, I don't know, the coffee house or maybe at one of Daniel's art shows or something. We're going to need to loosen her up in order for me to get into Daniel and Heather. The fact that they're connecting over the fact that both of their parents in, are in jail 
is not going to be enough for me. <laughs> I really, I need, I need YNR to give it to me. I need them to really give me a reason here. But, I mean, you know, I mean, I think that it's, it's a possibility. Heather is clearly flattered by him. Um, he is giving her attention. They are talking to each other on a very personal level. It's not, it's, it's clearly a personal relationship. It's not just cash. Daniel is developing into a different person. Nearly every scene that we see him in, he's carrying around Lucy. I almost wonder if the actor is getting kind of tired of carrying that kid around because she's probably getting heavy. I can only imagine how many hours he has to spend carrying that baby. Everywhere he goes, he's got Lucy in his arms. But it also is a signal of a change in Daniel's character where he is starting to care more about family and become more responsible and so maybe Daniel's edge is becoming a little more dulled and maybe Heather it can be softened up and loosened up a little bit it's you know it's 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 possible that it could work I just for the most part feel like um Heather is stiff but then again maybe she just needs someone to you know pull it out of her maybe Daniel can be that person or maybe she needs someone to um put it in her, and maybe Daniel could be that person. Yeah, for the most part, I don't hold out any hope for Nikki and Victor ever getting back together. The cliffhanger for last week's Friday show was Nikki telling Victor she was going to leave the ranch forever, and him calling out to her, don't go. And, of course, there's a, you know, there's a, there's a slight little twinge happening in the back of my mind going, is this going to be it? Is this finally going to be where Nikki and Victor talk to each other, have a mature conversation? I can't imagine what I was thinking, because that's not what happened at all. Nikki comes back, sits down with Victor, and he says, can I ask you one question? She says, sure. And I think in Nikki's mind, she was thinking, oh my gosh, are we actually going to talk? Are we actually going to have a, you know, a heart to heart here? And Victor asks her, do you really love Jack Abbott? To which Nikki responds, yes, I do. And immediately, Victor's such an ass. His whole demeanor changes and he says to her, get out. Get out. How, how the hell can you love that Jack Abbott? How the hell can you love that Jack Abbott? Get out of my house. Get out of here. I don't want to see you again. And Nikki leaves, and that's it. That's just it. It's so indicative right there. It's that they both want to be together. Clearly, Victor would prefer to be with Nikki, but it, at this point, turns his stomach that she is engaged to Jack. And I don't think Nikki is lying about loving Jack. I think that she does love Jack. Is she in love with Jack? What do you think? You know, I'm here giving my opinions. You tell me what you think. Is Nikki really in love with Jack? I am inclined to say that she is. It is not the relationship that she had with Victor. It's not the fiery passion, uh, push-pull, push-shove relationship that she had with Victor. But I do think that Nikki and Jack seem to have a healthy relationship. They have a history that you can't deny. They were married before. They've been friends for years. It's not like they just met off the street. Um, they, They are intertwined for years and years. So I do think personally that there is something there. 
Um, I feel bad, though, at the same time for Jack because I think maybe he loves her more than she loves him. Mm, I hate to say that. I don't want to say that. But I just... I think that Jack has really put Nikki on a pedestal. I don't think it hurts that she's Victor's love of his life. I think Jack perfectly well likes that he is getting something that Victor wants and can have. At the same time, I think he is looking to Nikki to be the inspiration to get him to walk again. And it's working. He is keeping Nikki in his mind and his heart the entire time he's going through his physical therapy. He is bound and determined to be able to walk down the aisle with her. And we're starting to see progress. He's starting to have breakthroughs. And it's not just little breakthroughs that maybe actually happened or didn't. He had a breakthrough in front of Sarge this week. And... Uh, Peter Bergman is so good. He really is. This has got to be one bummer of a storyline to have to play. Jack has been in a wheelchair for how long, you guys? How long? It's been months since Jack has been in that wheelchair, and that cannot be easy to play. That cannot be fun. Who would look forward to coming into work in an acting job sitting in a wheelchair? It's just a bummer. And yet Jack has somehow, Peter Bergman has somehow made it emotional. He's made it a, a, an emotional journey that I believe in that I have connected to on some level. I thought that his face, you know, when he when he was finally realizing that he did it, he's covered in sweat, but he's just so elated and he can't wait to call Nikki and he's feeling like he's accomplishing his goals and his life's getting back on track. I really felt it. And that just makes me feel so much worse for him knowing that Nikki is still tied to Victor. She does still create reasons to go out to the ranch. I don't care how much you like to ride those horses, Nikki. You got more money than you know what to do with. So does Jack. Buy a horse, buy a ranch, go ride horses at your own ranch. She goes to see Victor because she wants to see Victor. She goes to the ranch because she wants to see Victor. And that's not fair to Jack. Jack is 100% emotionally available to Nikki, and Nikki is not... 100% emotionally available to him, and that's the sad part. Um, I also, I, I, you know, the good thing about it, though, is that I kind of do enjoy the rivalry that has happened between Nikki and Sharon. As we all know, last week, Sharon witnessed that little scene between Victor and Nikki, and that made her decide to go on a shopping spree. And by shopping spree, I mean stealing spree. <laughs> Oh, Sharon and your klepto ways. I think, I think that it really says something. I think it says something more here. I, I, it just occurred to me this week that Sharon's stealing things, it's not just that. It's not just that she wants the necklace. She can buy the necklace. She can buy 10 of the necklaces, 100 of the necklaces. It's that she enjoys the thrill of taking something that doesn't belong to her, taking something that she didn't earn. And I think that's how Sharon feels about Victor. I think Sharon, in a, in a, in a real, real way, enjoys that she has is taking something from Nikki that doesn't, in anyone's heart, belong to her.
And so we have come to the part where you all start to hate me. <laughs> I am alone in this opinion, and I know it. I'm going into this realizing that what I'm going to say is unpopular. Wildly, wildly unpopular. I do not like Adam and Chelsea. I do not like Adam and Chelsea one little bit. In fact, this entire week has been torture for me. Now, before I go on, <laughs> I just have to tell you that you don't have to listen to this part. You can fast forward it. Please feel free to fast forward. <laughs> Um, but also, I want you to keep in mind that I have a right to my opinion, and this is how I feel. I do this why in our chat because I want to be able to get my feelings out there, and this is how I feel. Um, and I don't want to lie. I want to be honest. And I'd also just finally like you to keep in mind that whether or not you like a couple is totally just personal preference. It's all how, you know, it's, we're, we're all, it's what we look for in a relationship. It's all, we're, it's all, all of our own stuff. You know, everybody views things a different way. So I'm not wrong for not liking Chelsea and Adam, and you're not wrong for liking them. I'm just going to tell you my opinion. Um, oh boy, I'm going to be really honest. <laughs> And you're probably going to flame me, um, but I'm ready. I'm ready for your hatred. Here, here it goes. There are a lot of reasons why I don't like Adam and Chelsea, and um, one of them is <laughs> the fact that I don't feel that Adam and Chelsea are intellectual equals. I know! You hate me right now. Right now you're ready to, like, punch me in the face. But <laughs> here's the thing. Adam is involved in this business deal with Chloe and Kevin. Chloe and Kevin need money to fund this new website, and they went to Adam, well, Chloe went to Adam, to ask for the money, and Adam is interested in getting in on it. He's ready to make a big investment. Uh, and fortunately for Kevin and Chloe, Adam kind of has them over a, a barrel. Chloe went to Kevin, sorry, Chloe went to Adam, pretty much told him all the ins and outs of the, the website that they're building, didn't have him sign a non-disclosure agreement so if they decide they don't want to work with Adam he can just take the idea and develop it on his own and it's quite unfortunate for them because Adam has drawn up a little contract he's going to give them a ton of money to work on this website but the catch is he's going to be a 50% owner of the stock so he's in it deep whether it fails whether it succeeds he is in it and Chloe and Kevin really have no choice. Now, there's this scene at the athletic club where Chloe and Kevin and Adam and Chelsea are sitting around at the table and they're explaining this business arrangement. And the entire time, Chelsea is just staring at Adam with love eyes, which is the only thing she has done for the past several weeks, a month, 
She just stares at him with love eyes. She has nothing to offer to the conversation, nothing to offer as far as career or business concept. I cannot help but feel that they are not intellectually compatible. Now, don't get me wrong. Intellect has nothing to do with schooling. This has nothing to do with the fact that she just got her GED. It has everything to do with the fact that she made this comment about how <laughs> he is out there, you know, re really making these big, bold moves, and she is really good at conning people out of uh, 10 bucks, 20 bucks. And, like, just that's in and of itself right there. I'm really glad that they've found friendship and they have some things in common personally, but I just don't feel like they're ever going to be able to work together. Chelsea is freaking sitting there giggling at the table while Adam is there making a major business deal, making bold brass moves, and she's a little girl giggling at the table. Oh, Adam, you're so cute. I love you so much. I'm sorry, you guys, but I would rather see Adam with someone who could be a partner, someone who he could work with, someone who he could build a business with. I want to see business storylines from Adam. He's brilliant. He has this Harvard education. Again, not that schooling has anything to do with intellect, but he has this the benefit of an education to where he could start his own business empire. Instead, he's just being wasted on these kissy face scenes with this new character that's come onto the show. I don't understand when everybody started loving Chelsea because I didn't like her from the second she came onto the show and I don't like her now. She came onto the show as someone who essentially raped Billy, got pregnant with his baby, and then was going to try to use the baby to get money. Now, don't, again, <laughs> Everybody's made mistakes. There are plenty of characters. The list is a mile long of characters who have made really bad decisions and we've forgiven them. Adam is the perfect example of that. Adam is someone who stole a baby who and who caused Ashley to miscarry. And we all forgave him and most of us really love Adam. But I have never seen a reason to start loving Chelsea. I've never gotten that. There's never been anything. There's never been any redeeming moment for her her for me. Like, I'm really glad that she went back to school and got her GED. I'm really glad that she decided to not hold uh, or not try to take Johnny away from Billy and Victoria. I'm really glad that she decided not to take millions of dollars from Victor in order to get out of town. But what else? I, what else is it? She doesn't do anything. I don't see how Adam can even consider taking her to Kansas. How can he take her to the place where Hope lived and loved? It took him years to take Sharon to Kansas, and now he's known Chelsea for a couple of months. <sighs> and she's right there at Kansas. Like, why, why take her to a place where you were with Sharon, happy with Sharon a few months ago? I mean, what are you going to do, Adam? Are you going to take her to New Orleans for the honeymoon, too? I, it feels like Adam is just trying to replace Sharon with Chelsea. Just plunk her right down in there. Chelsea doesn't challenge Adam. Period. That's the point I'm trying to make about the intellectual equal. She doesn't challenge him. She just sits there and is like, I love you.
it. And it's all great that it's all kissy face, smoochy face. They're cute scenes, okay? I, if, you, if you're into Chelsea and Adam, man, you're loving those scenes. You're eating it up with a spoon. You're eating it up with three spoons. But it's only going to take me so far. Like, I, 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 there's no, I don't feel any hate. I don't feel any passion. I, 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 I don't understand whenever, not only do I not understand when everybody started loving Chelsea, but I also don't understand when everybody started loving them as a couple. When did that happen? Like, it, do you think I like this? I don't like feeling like this. They're like the most popular couple on the show right now, and I hate it. I'm watching, like, I find, my, I'm, I can't even take it anymore. Every scene with them is just smooch, smooch, smooch. I'm off, like, looking to do other things. I've never felt like fast-forwarding scenes before, and I do. I, I can't take it. Like, I'll walk off and just... I, I can't even watch them at this point. There's no substance to it whatsoever. And I really don't like being in this position. It sucks. Like, I'm, I am the 1% here. I am, like, one of a million people who doesn't like Adam and Chelsea. I'm the only one. And it, it's just, it's a horrible position. <laughs> it really is. And it's not that I haven't tried. I've tried week after week after week. And it's just now we're getting to the point where I can't take it anymore. Like... It, it, it does absolutely nothing for me. And it's not that I'm some Adam and Sharon diehard fan. I enjoyed Adam and Sharon together. I can't lie. They were a good couple. There was something there. Like, there was a pull. There was a push. There was, a, a, you know, there was a Sharon and Adam versus the world. That was an, a great storyline. It was compelling to me. If Adam and Sharon don't get back together, though, I'll live. I'm not going to cry myself to sleep. I'm not going to curl up in a little ball. But Adam and Chelsea make me ill. I'd rather see Adam with just about anyone else in Genoa City. Like, it's not just the fact that I liked Adam and Sharon. I just don't want you guys to think that it's all about me <laughs> having, like, this chip on my shoulder. Because I hate it when fans do that. I really do. I hate it when fans, like, hold on to a couple so hard that they refuse to open themselves up to them being with anybody else. It's really honestly not that. I can name other characters on the show that I would be fine seeing Adam with. But Chelsea does nothing for me. She is, like, a blank white wall. And she's starting to wash out Adam for me a little bit. It's, it's just becoming disgusting. Like, I... Okay, they're, I get that they're cutesy. They have fun together. They make good friends. Where is the fire? Where is the passion? I don't see it. I don't feel it. I say, forget Norman Rockwell. Norman Rockwell is boring. Norman, Norman Rockwell has been done. I want passion. And if, if Adam and Chelsea were a regular couple in the real world, like sitting next to me, I, I'd say good for you. That's great, man. Be a happy couple. Live happily ever after. That's what probably what relationships are supposed to be. But this is TV. <laughs> I want fire. I am not getting it right now <laughs> at all. And it's so disappointing to me. I hate being in this position. I feel like I have absolutely no other choice than just to wait this one out. And, and, and the worst part, like, I feel like, I feel like how people who don't like Lillian Kane must feel. Because Lillian Kane are always in the forefront. There's always these cutesy cutesy scenes between Lillian Kane. And I like them. I like Lillian Kane. But if you didn't like Lillian Kane, it would be torture.
torture watching those scenes. And that's how I feel now. I feel like the only person, I'm the only fan who doesn't like this couple. And I, I feel more in the minority than people who didn't don't like Lillian Kane. Everybody is falling for this. And I am just sitting off here to the side waiting for it to be over. And I don't see any signs of it being over whatsoever because Sharon totally put herself on the line this week. She found out that Adam and Chelsea were going to elope to Kansas. How dare he? Um, <laughs> a lot of it, admittedly, is that Adam is one of my favorite characters on the show. I love devious Adam. I love bad Adam. And he's not here for us right now. He has just taken this sabbatical. Um, and it's and not only that, but I just don't think Chelsea's right for him. I don't think she's good for him. Obviously, I like Adam, and a lot of it just boils down to the fact that I don't like Chelsea. I don't like Chelsea. I didn't like Chelsea from the moment she came onto the show, and I don't like her now, and neither does Sharon. And it's not even that I'm some huge Sharon fan. I like Sharon. She's okay. You know, I mean, I've been through a lot with Sharon, but I see her flaws. She left Adam. She left him blind. She screwed him over. Sharon messed that whole thing up. She could have had him. This whole thing with Chelsea could have never happened if Sharon would have just stood by her man and she didn't. So she made that mistake and I accept that. But it was really hard to watch Sharon putting herself out there this week, going to Kansas, finding Adam and having this final kind of goodbye in the house where Hope used to live, where the last place they were happy together. And Sharon is stuck in this in the past. She's saying, um, you know, I wish we could just go back in time to when we were happy here. And it was absolutely heartbreaking. Sharon doesn't even have any bones about it. She straight up says to Adam, don't marry Chelsea. I still love you. And Adam just looks her in the face and says, I love you too, but I love Chelsea more. I don't see how that's possible. I don't see how it's possible that he pledged his love to Sharon. Uh, you know what? I'm not even going to make this about Adam and Sharon. I'm going to back that up because they both screwed each other over in various ways. It's not about Sharon and Adam. <laughs> But I do feel that it was humiliating for Sharon, and I felt awful for Sharon. Uh, she admitted to Adam that she would leave Victor in a heartbeat. You know, Sharon Sharon just waited too long. She just waited too long. Because if she would have come to Adam and told him the truth, uh, even a month ago, things might have been different. But... It, like a month, two months ago, that whole spiel that she did might have worked. But now he's already in it deep with Chelsea. He can't turn around and tell her, eh, never mind. Adam's clearly trying to move on and Sharon is stuck in the past. Mm. Where are all the Adam and Sharon fans, by the way? I would just love to know. Because <laughs> it seemed like everybody was in love with Adam and Sharon. And then as soon as Chelsea comes along and we get a couple of cute scenes of them having banter back and forth, friendly banter, not se I see no sexual heat, friendly banter back and forth, and everybody jumps ship onto Chelsea and Adam's boat, and I'm stuck, I'm, stu I'm stuck here in a boat all alone, like, where are, where are the Adam and, 
and Sharon fans. Where are where are the fans who are who are wanting Adam with anybody else? Where 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 are you guys? Like I feel like you're hanging me out to dry here. I everybody else just psh, jumped on board, and I and it it's, it doesn't have any substance. I don't feel. Mm. <laughs> I'm sorry. I am really sorry. I told you to fast forward though. If you if I told you it was gonna be brutal. <sighs> And to boot, Victor finds out that Sharon has gone to Kansas and that she lied to him. She came up with some excuse about how she was going to New York to see Noah and she just flew to Kansas. Victor found out about it and he followed her to Kansas and confronted her. And it was weird because Victor was really pissed at first. He made some kind of comment to Nick like, don't ever let a woman make a fool of you, son. And then he goes to Kansas and basically forgives Sharon, just tells her to get in the car. We're going back home. And it was so, it was so pathetic on all ends because, again, Sharon has confessed that she would to Adam that she would have left Victor in a heartbeat. So now every time Chelsea and Adam see Victor and Sharon out together, Adam's going to know that she's with him out of default. Everyone's going to know I mean, what's that going to do between Victor and Adam? Adam's going to have that to rub in Victor's face. I can't believe that Victor took her back. And more importantly, I can't believe that Sharon crawled back. Because as soon as Victor walked through the door, she was saying, this was a mistake. I shouldn't have done it. You know, I feel like we have a chance together. I feel like we could we could have a future together. You know, I know that you guys aren't going to agree with me, and I'm really sorry if anybody is offended. But there's still one thing that I think we pretty much all can can agree on. Um, Victor and Sharon, can we just be done with this? Oh, man. I'm ready for it. <laughs> I'm ready for you to give it to me. I know there's going to be some flaming of me this week, and I'm ready to hear it. I have been choking back my feelings for weeks now, and I just couldn't do it anymore. <clears throat> I can't. I could not watch them, Adam and Chelsea, getting engaged, getting married, and, and I, it was so much of a focus this week, and it, it absolutely gagged me. I'm sure that you guys were all happy and lovey during the something old, something new scenes, and I'm sure that you were, everybody was like, aw, at the wedding, and I was stone-faced. Stone-faced. Mm-hmm. Well, I I tell I gotta be honest, you know. I told you guys I was always gonna be honest with you, and that's why I do this, um, so that I can get my feelings out there. And this is how I feel. So, <laughs> please don't hate me, um, but do let me know how you feel. Um, I you know I didn't even comment on Abby and Carmine this week having sex in the bushes. Uh, yeah, I yeah I just think that. I don't know if it's my age or what, but I am finding myself really 
unimpressed, unentertained by Abby right now. I, 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 I want to see some growth from her, and I just haven't felt it ever since this last little stunt that she pulled. I just am not into it. She's immature, and it's just not what I'm into right now. <laughs> I this I'm not into her antics, and you know, which is weird. Like Marcy Ryland who plays Abby is my age. She might be a year older than me. And she's just playing so young. And like I said last week, uh, comedic relief is only going to take me so far. I want to see some substance in her. And I, I'm not feeling her in Carmine either. Mm, boy, maybe I'm just in a bad mood or something. <laughs> well, I'm sure you guys will, will tell me. Ugh, maybe there'll be one person out there who will be feeling me. I hope so. Well, if there's any week to leave me a comment, really, it is this week. So why don't you go ahead and do that? There's a couple different ways. I'm, I'm scared to get voicemails this week. <laughs> But you can, of course, give me a call and let me know what your YNR comments are. The telephone number is area code 309-588-4569. That's within the U.S., so it's country code 1. If you want to give me a call, I, uh, I will reluctantly be listening. <laughs> Um, you can also go to my website and leave me a comment there. It's yrchatblog.blogspot.com. You can also see the video uh, portion of the podcast there as well if you want to look me in the eyes while I crush your dream couple. <laughs> I gotta be me, man. Sammy Davis Jr. I gotta be me. Um... <laughs> You can also send me hate mail to yrchat at live.com. Anyway, there's there's several ways for you to send me hate mail and hate messages. Um, so just pick, pick one, and I, I will look forward to hearing from you, as always. Okay, I need a break. I need to go cool off. I've gotten myself all hot and bothered. I had to just... It's been a busy week. Every single day this week has been busy with some craziness. and So I'm going to go relax, and I'm just going to sit back and wait to hear from you guys. So um, I love you for sure, and I will be back next week to chat with you again about the show. Everybody take care. I love you. I hope you still love me. <laughs> Okay. Bye.